Hello everybody, welcome to the Writer's Game Podcast, episode one. I am Preston. I am Alex. And and today we're going to be talking about games that uh, were very average. The gameplay was, it was alright. You didn't hate it, you didn't love it. But then the story was either so good or so awful that it became one of your favorites or was just like a really solid experience or you dropped it like somebody threw lava into your hands. So first, I think we should establish what what what's a what's a mediocre gameplay kind of game. Uh, to me, that would represent the fact that the controls are either so rigid that anything outside of the uh, specified command sequence just fails to register or interrupts any combo. So by my finger slipping on that control stick, instead of executing a uh, shuriken on a Street Fighter, instead I'm doing a hadoken because my finger slipped, or I don't even do the move and I just stand there stuttering around trying to fail and do a move. Um, another thing would be if you're <laughs> dealing with a lot of crappy glitches. Unfortunately, that's gonna be most notable in newer games, sure, but. They were present in the older ones. They were they were very prevalent in older ones. There are there are a lot of very special glitches that a lot of people remember. I feel like I feel like glitches could almost be its own episode. What I'm referring to is like game breaking. Yes, they used to be less common. I think like like you fell through the world and was just like oh well now I have to reboot. Yeah, or oh my computer my not my computer that you wouldn't use it back then but my uh, console is fried. Yeah, the, the the game crashed. Shit, it doesn't. Those those do seem a lot more prevalent nowadays than they used to. Uh, for me, uh, a mediocre, a mediocre gameplay game, uh, would be something like. It it functions, but only very specifically, like uh, like Bubsy. I think a lot of people know Bubsy now. Oh, where, man. Where, especially after the AVGN episodes. And like, like, just like for a platformer to be like really floaty and difficult to land, it's it's playable, but it's like not worth playing because of how how used to it you have to get. Like you have to work so hard outside of conventional logic. Yeah. that it's, it's difficult to play. And even though these games are only okay, there are the story is where it carries the day. And in a game like Bubsy, the story is there at, in, the, in the peripheral range at best, not absent completely at the worst. But uh, out of our personal experiences, one of my... Uh, one of my least favorite games actually is a, uh, and I'm embarrassed to say that I've actually played this, uh, Shadow of the Hedgehog. A PS2 uh, classic, if also, you will. Also GameCube and uh, I think Xbox. I'm not sure what other consoles it was because I, I was a PlayStation guy. I had still a, am to a degree. I had all three. <laughs> and I had it on GameCube and PS2. 
Wow, you got you got boned, my friend. Oh my god, I was such an edgy teenager. I loved Shadow. The, oh, okay, I will admit, when I was going through that phase, he was a fascinating character in a wonderful game. Looking back on it, I I have lost the rose-tinted glasses of nostalgia. Instead, I'm looking at a game that has buggy controls. I'm trying to go straight. He decides, no, I'm going to go backwards. I'm trying to go straight. He just, no, I'm going to go at an angle. He, he doesn't do what you want him to do, but at the same time, it has a charm. And you're trying to uh, choose between doing what Sonic does, and he plays good. He doesn't kill. He doesn't do excess damage. Or you can go Chaos, which is destroy all the things. Beat up all the people. <coughs> Use guns, for instance. But pick up a gun, shoot a human. There you go, chaotic. <laughs> well, welcome to a teen rating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although I disagree with that uh, viewing caused by us. What games were the Crusaders playing? Now, off my soapbox. Um, <laughs> Hitler was clearly playing the best game ever made, and he committed suicide so that nobody else could play it. He was a selfish ass. Okay, getting off the soapbox and historical dramatization. Back, back to the topic at hand. So, so what? What in Shadow's story made it just fall? Exactly that question. What freaking story? We have. Two comp we have two opposing ideologies here. They never interact with each other. We have a story of a guy trying to find himself, but even there, it's a case of he's too passive, despite him being one of the, the most active character in the entire series. He has two people trying to pull him to him, but they fall short on the idea that there's nothing for them. There's, there's no there's no tie-in for this guy. You're like me, therefore I must join you. I my however my desires just pull me in this direction, so I must join you. There's, it's only, uh, how do I say this? It's, there's no story. You have interactions. And while many people nowadays would say that makes a story, there has to be something there that I care about. Shadow is a character that now that I look at him, I just want to rip my eyes out and rip my ear canals out of my head. I can't play the game. I can't watch it. I can't stand to think that I played it. I'm embarrassed. So, so Shadow being so disconnected from all of the events leaves you in a place as a player going, why do I care what Shadow's past is? Yeah, it's... I'm going to play this game. Okay. I'm supposed to have a tie. I'm supposed to have a feeling. I'm supposed to have emotion. Like any good story, you care about what happens to the protagonist. Shadow is so disconnected that it's... Okay, I don't give a crap. I'm going to do whatever I want. And he's he's almost passive for a lot of the first part of the game. That's what I'm saying. Like, not even just the first part. The entire fucking thing. Well, no, I mean, like, when the game starts off, he's not, like, actively wondering. He's not, like, talking to people. Who am I? Tell me who I am. He's sitting on a hillside, staring at a city, going, What am I? Well... I don't know, Shadow. Maybe if you stopped inner monologuing for ten seconds and asked somebody something, you might make progress. But an alien being has to come down from the sky and intervene before you start a journey of self-discovery. Yeah. Um, 
my good example would have to be uh, Sly 1, the Sly Cooper and the Thievish Raccoonus. It has, again, it has bad controls. I'm playing the, I play the uh, HD remaster so I can get the completion bonus, because I'm a completionist when it comes to that series, I'm sad to say. I hate 2 and 4. <laughs> Um, I hate open world bottle hunts, but I digress. Um, number one, it had good concepts, has good artwork for the time, but the controls, I'm, I swing my weapon through my enemy and he doesn't get affected. Enemy bullets track you, everything tracks you, everything sees you. The mechanics just aren't there yet. Many people hail it as a classic, especially for the times. And while I say it, I'm glad it had a cult following, because I love the mechanics of 2, minus the bottle collecting. I love the rest of the series in many ways. I, I look upon the series with fondness. But number one, the mechanics just weren't there. The story, on the other hand, of a young boy who watched his father get murdered and then has, as he grows up, once has this burning desire to go after the people who killed his father, and reclaim what, the, and reclaim the family birthright they stole from him. I cared about uh, Sly's quest. I cared about everything that happened in that game. That is, to me, an example of a game with mediocre gameplay, in many regards but an amazing story that helped push it into nostalgia. And and that sounds like Sly was a lot more active from the get-go. Something happened immediately within within minute one. And by the time you get control, he's already been an active force in his world. The only times he's passive is when he can't intervene. When his uh, companions, Murray get stuck into a race. He's watching because he cannot interact. When Bentley, his uh, other friend, is hacking something or when he's trying to get information from someone, he physically cannot he cannot interact because he does not know how to drive. He does not know how to hack. He doesn't know technology. His friends do. He takes a backseat during those times, but every other time he's in the forefront. He is actively looking for the people who killed his parents. When he finally gets information as an adult, he goes after them. Instantly, there's no hesitation. Let's go and get this job done now. So my uh, my my bad my bad game is uh, the dungeon crawler action RPG on Epic. Oh man, this is one that we have a contesting point over. So comedy <clears throat> comedy is completely in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, and I won't. I I will never. If, if somebody says that you like Unepic because the story made you laugh, fine and fair enough. Uh, for me, I've played many games that are, are really a lot like Unepic. They have a lot of the same mechanics. They have a lot of the, the, the weapons, the stat distribution, the exploring a big castle. It's very, it's very modern Metroidvania. <clears throat> the story killed me. Because less than an hour in, I'm talking to a knockoff Yoda in a fantasy setting where at that point in time, he didn't feel like he fit in. It, it felt like every other dialogue was trying to shoehorn in some pop culture reference. 
if if they had limited it to fantasy or video games, I wouldn't have cared. And the thing is, and on Epic, like you said, every other line, if not every single freaking line, is a comedic joke to something in pop culture. And there's nothing safe. Cartoons, anime, video games, uh, books, everything, science fiction, fantasy, mystery, whatever you can come across, everything is within the reach of this game. I love it because it makes me laugh. I play this game and I enjoy the mechanics. And I find the story funny. Even playing it for a third time, um, and we'll soon be coming out with a an epic play for the channel if you guys want to pay it, if you guys want to tune into that. But that's besides the point. Um, I find it funny. I laugh even after playing it for the third time. Like I said, I I get taken completely out of the game. I I can't focus on what my objective is or what I'm supposed to be doing or caring about because a ghost just made a Metal Gear reference. And I'm like, you're not even from a reality where this reference would make sense. You're, you're not from Earth. You don't know Metal Gear. You don't know about the snake. But you said it. Why? And as I said, to me, it's funny because of the references. However, for this, I need to stop talking about this. Moving on to the next bit of this conversation. What was your good game? Uh, my good game is actually uh, <clears throat> uh, Risen 3. Oh, no. That game, the combat is so broken. The dialogue, the voice acting specifically, is so cheesy. But the world is so interesting. I was doing side quests for hours. I got excited when I recruited a new party member. I, I, I was like, yeah, let's do this. Let's go defeat the Titan Lord. Even, even as I was getting my ass beaten by a boar because the combat is so slow and sluggish that fighting becomes a chore. I, I, I reveled when I was handed a side quest that required me to just pick something up. And I groaned every time I needed to, like, go slay 30 zombies. I'm like, oh, man. oh come on. And, but, but the story was really there. The, the, what do you call, the, the, like, the alignment system was there. It was a really solid RPG. And the cornerstone of a role-playing game is the story. And Risen 3 had it. It was, it was reaching for gold, and then somebody stabbed it in the knee and it got bronze. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know who or why, <laughs> but that game could have been a lot better Now, what specifically what worked about Risen Three was it it had a lot of the cliches that you would expect, but they weren't like they they aren't very common anymore, and I feel like that's a weird thing to say. 
cliches become so common that anyone who wants to be taken seriously in the, in the medium, be it uh, music or fiction, poetry, games, whatever, what you want to say, the cliches become so integrated into the world that to use them is cliche. To use them is to say, this is done by amateurs, this is done by idiots who don't know how to do anything original. Yeah, like like Baby's first game. But, but some of these cliches I hadn't really seen in a while. Exactly. Like I said, because to have the hallmarks of something done by amateurs, anyone who wants to be taken seriously, which is everyone in this business, everyone who wants to do anything that's in the creative market, if you cannot be taken seriously, you will fail. Unless you're specifically going for comedy, like on Epic. But even then, you can fail. Oh, oh. Uh, it, by using these cliches now, you're saying amateurish, but at the same time, they're so far out of use that they're no longer cliche. But they're still considered cliche. Yeah, because like I said, like the moment the moment I booted it up and we started getting like, oh, we're, uh, we're, we're being invaded by demons and... and whatever i'm like okay wow yeah demons of course but but then there's stuff like you're a pirate captain and that's really cool and that's kind of out of the ordinary mm -hmm. uh it's it's incredibly unfortunate that your cutlass is useless <laughs> <laughs> melee combat in that game is completely broken and nobody cares uh, well, if you look at actual history, and I know I'm bringing something outside of uh, stories into this, uh, only the people who are already skilled in cutlass fighting were actually used cutlasses, because it takes it takes someone's skill to use a melee weapon on the seas. Any schmuck can fire a gun, even with the issues they all presented, so you would have people carrying six pistols at once. And then the gunplay in that game is atrocious. I don't know if you got to that. No, no, I did not. Okay. I barely got past okay. the cutlass scene, and... I am a melee user in every game I play, except uh, sneaky games where you'll never see me before an arrow punctures your eye. Okay, so the gun. The gun literally has, like, two seconds of startup. So it is completely worthless, because every enemy in the game, the biggest, slowest, dumbest enemy, will knock you out of your gun animation. So it's incredibly mediocre. <laughs> like... Mm, 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 the mediocrity but then there's there's just like little changes in the story little little twists that made me go I want to keep playing I really want to know what happens I really really want to know the secret behind this event like you're you're like so the minor spoilers you die I think that happens at the beginning it, immediately after the tutorial, you die, and you're you come back as like a like a zombie pirate, like half half. You're not. Your spirit is on the other side. Your body is still here. That sounds weird. Yeah. So uh, your body's walking around doing things, and every time you go to bed, your ghost does things in the other side. And you're, like, talking to characters that are dead that you've been reading pieces of lore about. And you're like, wait, that was that one guy that did the cool thing. Why am I talking to that guy? What's going to happen? And then I, I had a horrific game-crippling bug <laughs> that literally my game refused to load after a certain point. 
and because I had only made one save, I, oh. I couldn't go back. I would have to replay the entire game. That, that is sucks. part of why it's a mediocre game. It's And it was out for so long, it never got patched. I don't know what to say. So, uh, I think for the next episode, we're going to talk about uh, specific story types and the games that they fit well with. So, an example would be the new Doom 2016 game has a very, very limited amount of story. It's very action-focused. But then there's a lexicon that you can read up on. And I think that that's perfect for that kind of game. Yeah. But a game like... Oh, like my aforementioned like Cooper series would be horrible for that. Final Fantasy XIII has almost the same thing, even though it's a cutscene. Final Fantasy XIII is cutscene to cutscene to cutscene to cutscene. But then they ask you to read the lexicon for so much. For so much information. And it's like, I want to I play the RPG, not read. Oh my. And, and it works for some people. So, stay tuned for episode 2 where we discuss story types and the gameplay types that work well with them. Including examples of where that fails and falls short. Thank you for joining us, and see you later. <laughs>